Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today, we are continuing our sermon series, Downcast, looking at Psalm 42 and the topic of depression. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Odium and Church Crookham, and we'd love to have you join us over there. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's Good to be with you again and to continue our series, Downcast, looking at Psalm 42, particularly in the topic of depression and mental health, as Phil said. And I think it's important to clarify at the beginning, this is a series for everyone. You don't need a a doctor's slip with a diagnosis on it for this to be relevant to you. In fact, I would say that for many people, we won't be having uh, issues with mental health or depression at the moment. And yet, I would say this is perhaps even more important for you. It's really important to talk about this stuff right now because mental health is a real issue at the moment, but also because it's good to be prepared for battle before you get there. You know, no one wants to put their, if if you're in the army, no one wants to put their kit on once they're on the battlefield. You get ready to go, then go. And so it's really important that we get a theology of suffering, a theology of pain before we have to go through it. And mental ill health does affect Christians. You know, we aren't immune to it. I mean, often I've known Christians who have almost felt guilty about struggling with their mental health, and it's, it's really not right that we should feel that way. You know, some of the most godly people I look up to have struggled or do struggle with depression. I've seen both of my parents in counseling. Both of them had diagnosed depression. My sister currently suffers with it. Some of my favorite preachers, Martin Luther once said, I feel as though I'm alone in the universe. C.H. Spurgeon once said, I I weep for hours and hours and I don't know what I weep for. He just felt alone. He felt depression. And I want to lay down my cards right at the beginning of this sermon because I feel the weight of what I'm going to be saying today. I'm not saying it cheaply. This is the kind of sermon where someone is liable to be called a fraud if they can't vouch for what they're saying. I'm not going to write you spiritual checks that are simply uncashable in the real world. I'm speaking as someone who has practiced what I preach, who can vouch for the things I'm going to be saying. You know, as I've been preparing for this sermon, this has been a week that has begun and been marked by tears as I've been thinking about the various things I've, I've been in and how they are so essential to, to bring to the table as I preach on this this morning. This sermon is not the sermon of a fraudster who is giving easy answers with no repercussions. I want to give you hard biblical truth this morning. I want to give us precious remedies from the word. And whilst I've never personally had a diagnosis for depression, I, I would still say, that, you know, we're looking at Psalm 42. I, I know the feeling or have known the feeling of the psalmist when he says, I just feel, you know, wave after wave washing over me. He feels under the sea being beaten against the rocks. And I, I've known that feeling. I don't have, however, answers to all the complicated issues of mental health, but I do have some biblical answers to give us during the time of storms. And today I want to share one sentence with you. The one sentence, God is in control. 
We've probably all said it before. It's easy to say when life is good. It's easy to say God is in control when things are going well. And yet we shirk back from saying that when things are going wrong. We, we, we find it jarring to say God is in control even when life is going wrong. You know, I was thinking as I was writing this, how would I have felt if in 2015, after my brother suddenly died, if someone had said, don't worry, God is in control, how would I have taken that? I'm suffering because God allowed it or even because God caused it? Well, yes. The Bible is very clear on this, actually. God is in control. And there are many places we could go to see that truth in the Bible. Probably one place that sums it up the best is Isaiah 45, 7. It says this. I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. Now, already you might starting to be starting to get nervous about what I'm going to be saying. What's, what's he going to be saying? God's in control of all these things? What am I going to be saying? That you should just buckle up and deal with it because God's given it to you? No, I, I want to give us comfort from this truth. It's not just a hard teaching. To many, this will sound like a hard teaching to be told that God is in control of your pain. But the truth is the supreme comfort For the one in darkness is the knowledge that God is in control. It may be a hard teaching, but in the middle of hardship, when we're weighed down under the pressure of life, twee, easy sentiments simply will not do. We need substance. Hard times require hard teachings. And so this morning, as we look at the fact that God is in control, there is three precious truths for us to remember that we're going to go through. Now, I should clarify, none of these are a cure. To know any of these truths, do not delegitimize your feeling. This isn't to make you feel like, well, I shouldn't be feeling the way I do because I know this to be true. No, these are not simply going to wipe away any bad feelings that come from mental ill health. In fact, I want you to know that because of these truths, it's okay to suffer. But I hope as we go through three truths from Psalm 42, we will find comfort in them, that they will sustain us in our times of trouble. So God is in control. Therefore, there are no accidents. That's the first point I want us to know. There are no accidents. When God spoke everything into being, when he said, let there be light, and when he formed things out of the darkness, he didn't just bring matter into existence. He brought time into existence too. And just as he meticulously crafted every piece of atom, just as he gave us every element on the periodic table, just as he gave us everything in nature, so too he meticulously designed every moment in time. Every atom and every moment in time were created by God. And God was just as familiar. When he said, let there be light, he was just as familiar with that light in front of him as he is with this very moment, with you and me here as we are. It wasn't, well, I know this because it's here in front of me, and in 2000, many thousand years later, I'll know that moment. No, he knew each moment because he created each moment. He knew all the properties of the things he made. He could tell you everything about grass. Why could he do that? Because he created grass. And in the same way, he knew everything about each moment 
that he made. Every single thing happens because God has caused it to happen. He, he has either allowed it to happen by not stopping it, or he has caused it directly. Everything comes from God. In fact, Jesus in Matthew 10 even makes this point that not even a sparrow can fall to the ground outside of the Father's will. In other words, things don't just die, God lets them. And Jesus is giving us this point that every single thing that we see in life is meticulously planned by God. It's part of his will. The plan has never changed depending on new information. You are where you are in this moment because God has created you for this moment. And the psalmist in Psalm 42, he knows that for him, this means that God has allowed the suffering that he's in. In verse 7, he says this, Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. He describes his suffering as waves in the sea, and he says they are God's waves. Your waves and breakers have swept over me. He knows that his suffering is not some random occurrence. It was from God. It was crafted for him. It was no accident. If God is in control of this period of darkness that you're in, wherever, whenever it is, it is no surprise to him. There are no accidents. God is in control. I mean, how, can I, how can I stand here and simply say that God is in control of our pain? Don't I know the kind of pain that happens in the world? And I'm saying that God caused it in some way. I'm not saying it because it's easy to say. You know, I'm saying it as someone who, when I was 11, an event that tore my family apart, and I never thought I'd have more trauma than that, when I've had a father who dies from cancer, a brother suddenly taken from me. I'm, I'm saying God caused those things. It's not easy to say. But what is the alternative? Who do I entrust my life with apart from God? What am I supposed to say that the God whom I entrust my life with was caught by surprise by these things happening? That he was impotent to stop them from happening? He just had to observe that he doesn't have the power to stop something like that. Then why should I trust that he has the power to rescue me from my sins and raise me from the dead when he returns? What's the alternative? That some things happen aside from God's timing or outside of his plan. That God can be caught off guard by random occurrences. That he's merely a spectator in human affairs. If that's the case, then when it comes to hard times, why can I have confidence in God's ability to make good on his promises? Wherever you are, God has called you to walk this path. You've not tripped into it by accident. You've not fallen into a snare that was never designed for you. No, accidents. There are no accidents. You are at the center of God's plan for you. You are not an inconvenience to him. One of the things that happens during depression is often people feel as though they're an inconvenience to everyone. The fact that there are no accidents tells us you are not an inconvenience to God. You are at the center of his plan for your life. And so you can submit to him. You can submit your hardest days to him because he is in it with you. 
Now, this is not supposed to make us say, well, God's dealt me a crummy hand. I guess I'll have to deal with it. No, this is God has called me to suffer now. How do I respond to his call? How do I respond to that knowledge? There are no accidents. The second thing it means, God is in control. Therefore, your pain is totally meaningful. Totally meaningful. There is nothing accidental or unmeaningful about it. If it is personally for us, if God has crafted your darkness for you, then there is purpose in it. There is meaning in it. There is something achieved by it. What a comfort it is to know that even in the darkest day, it is completely meaningful that God does not call us to suffer needlessly, that he never does something with no purpose. Isaiah 55 makes this absolutely clear, that whenever God speaks, he achieves something. Whenever God actions, he achieves something. He does nothing with no purpose. Purpose. So you're not suffering because you deserve it. We shouldn't think of it like this. Oh, I'm struggling the way I am because I must have done something wrong. You're not suffering because God doesn't like you or because he's bored and wants to simply make your life hard. No. God has crafted this for you because he wants to bring something out in you that you would not have otherwise. In other words, he sees something that could be yours and wants to better you. People have said to me before, and this is not at all intended to sound as a brag or anything like that, but I've had people say to me before, you know, you know the Bible very well for a 23-year-old, and it's because two months after I became a Christian, my dad was given six months to live. I needed to know this God who had called me to follow him and then called my dad to be with him. See, it's easy to realize that Jesus is all you need when it feels as though Jesus is all you have. And so suffering is given to achieve something glorious. And I'm using suffering generally because I don't want to delegitimize how much people with depression and mental health issues are suffering. But it achieves something glorious. He uses it to make us more dependent on himself. The psalmist says the same thing in verses 1 and 2. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? His suffering, his pain has made him see. He needs God. There was purpose in his pain. God does not act without purpose. There is meaning to your pain. We often hear something along the lines on the news of a meaningless tragedy, just some meaningless suffering. But whatever happens, don't ever let your ears hear your lips say it's meaningless. It is totally meaningful. God is bringing something out of it. God has not allowed it for no purpose. Something good is coming from it. Sometimes we can't see it. Sometimes we don't understand what it possibly could be, but we need to know it. In 2 Corinthians 4, the Apostle Paul gives us some particularly relevant and challenging verses on this topic. He says this, For our light and momentary troubles 
are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, Paul, the person who wrote this new depression, Paul was whipped and beaten and stoned, but also he was abandoned. He talks about that feeling of abandonment. He knew what it was to be depressed. And yet he says, our, our afflictions are light. They are momentary when you compare them to what's coming. And then he says, do not look to what is seen. Don't try and work out what it is that's coming from it. Fix our eyes on what is unseen because that's eternal. The Christian faith is one that doesn't see this place where we are as a place we can find all the answers, as a place we can be completely satisfied. To be a Christian means that you're someone who looks above and says, there is more than this. We do not look to what we can see. We don't believe we'll ever have a utopia here where everyone will feel satisfied and happy and content in this life. We do believe all those things, but not on this side of history. And so we look up. We look up knowing that there is meaning in our pain because God is in control. Everything we go through now feeds into what we will be like then. We fix our eyes on what is eternal. Because God is in control of your pain, it means there is meaning in your pain. You're not going through it for nothing. There is something on the other side. It is bringing forth good things. This doesn't mean that depression is a good thing. I'm not saying that it's a good thing to go through mental health issues. But I am saying that it produces something very, very good. In fact, I would say that God allows it to happen in order to produce something very, very good. Perhaps you'll never know why. My dad used to use this analogy of a tapestry. When you look at a tapestry on the back, all you see is frayed um, threads and colors going everywhere, and it doesn't look like anything. But then as you pass through onto the other side and you look back, you see that it was weaving a beautiful story and all those loose threads that were going all over the place, now suddenly you see what they were achieving as they tell a story. It's exactly the same. We will one day know the story. Teach this to yourself, especially before you have to go through anything. Teach this to yourself. Meditate on it. Pray about it. Say it to yourself until you remember it in the middle of the darkest day that there is purpose in my pain, that God hasn't led me here for nothing. Know that truth and then act on that truth. Yes, you may be in pain. You feel as the world is against you, but you feel that way for a reason. And even here in your darkest day, you're at the center of God's purpose for your life. And he will make something of your pain. One of the great Puritan preachers said this quote, which I love so much. I often find myself in the cellars of affliction, yet it is down in the cellar that the king keeps his finest wine. When you are in the cellar, look for the finest bottle of wine. Make your pain worthwhile because God intends something to come out of it. Depend on him in it. Use it as an opportunity to teach yourself that Jesus is all you need. And the third point that we learn from the fact that God is in control is that you can rest in him. Because God is in control, 
you can know that you can rest in his will. What is God's will for us? Is it to break us or is it to make us? Do we believe in a tyrant or a heavenly father? If God has called you to go through a struggle, to have feelings that you don't want to have any longer, to say, I can't go on like this, it's because he has a plan that this is a necessary part of. And because, therefore, you are part of his plan, you can rest in him because his plans are for good. God calls us to rest in him, to find him as our only comfort in life and in death. And depression is a real opportunity to practice what it means to rest in God. To know that he is reliable when your emotions aren't. To know that he cares for you even when you don't care for yourself. God has made you to be loved and cherished and has invited you to not put that burden on yourself. You aren't capable of caring for yourself in the way that he can care for you. Today's culture is obsessed with self-care, with self-love, with making sure you go and give time to yourself. But what we seem to be blind to is that as a society, we're putting a bigger burden on people who simply can't bear it. You are not called to be the supreme lover of yourself. God has offered to care for you. All you need to do is put yourself in his care. Let God take control. Let him take care. God is in control. Therefore, you can rest knowing that this will work out for good. That he will make you more stronger, more able, more ready to lean on him. You can rest knowing that Jesus is the good shepherd and he teaches he will not lose his sheep. He will keep you secure. Knowledge of God's sovereignty is not merely a theological issue. It's a practical reality. You are held in his hands because he is in control. It means you can rest in him. This is a quote that I have read to myself many, many, many times from my favorite theologian, Herman Barvink, and he says this, the human heart and head can rest in his will for it is the will of an almighty God and a gracious father, not that of a blind fate, an incalculable chance or a dark force of nature. His sovereignty is one of unlimited power, but also of wisdom and grace. He is both king and father at one and the same time. You can rest in his will, in his sovereignty. Psalm 42 says the same thing in uh, verse 11. We read this. Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. And so just as the psalmist rests in the sovereignty of God, so too can you rest in the sovereignty of God. You can rest knowing that he has you exactly where you are now. You can rest in him, not in vague knowledge that God is there as a shoulder to cry on, but God is the one who knows you better than yourself and he has called you to walk this path for a purpose. This plan isn't in vain. There is purpose in it. So rest knowing that God is in control. God is in control and you can rest in him. Now, this is really important to know. This is not a mute on our emotions. We're not supposed to say, God is in control. Why am I still so down? Need to shake myself out of this. Mute my emotions. 
You're not supposed to be hearing this as thinking you're ungrateful somehow if you still feel down. Resting on God doesn't mean muting your emotions. We see in Psalm 42, this person is not muting their emotions. They know the pain whilst they know that God is in control. See, mental health is tricky. There are no quick fixes, but you can be encouraged and spur yourself on in the knowledge that God has got you, that God is in control. These three truths that we all need to know before we go through pain, God is in control, therefore there are no accidents. This is happening for a reason. That your pain is totally meaningful, that your pain, every ounce and milligram of pain is achieving something. And that you can rest in his will. You can rest knowing that he will bring you somewhere. God is in control. The ultimate remedy and antidote in the days of the storm. So let's pray as we reflect on this. Heavenly Father, don't let us hear the truth that you are in control as a hard, concrete truth. But Lord, as a warm pillow to rest our souls on. To know that we are where we are because you have intended it. To know that we will get to where we're going because you have intended it. Lord, we just pray that we would have a greater knowledge of, of your sovereignty, a greater knowledge of your care. Help us to submit to your will, even in the darkest day. Amen.